Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to the Rooted in Health Radio. My name is Courtney. I'm your host today, forever, always. I am so, so happy to be back podcasting again. And I'm so grateful that you're all here. Um, thank you for listening to episode one. It was just a joy to be back in here, to jump into things, to tell you my story, to go over what I'm doing here, what we're going to be talking about a little bit in this space. And you guys know, I'm a big fan of health, not just on a physical level, on an energetic, emotional, subconscious level, because I know that for my own personal healing journey, the subconscious and the energetic and the emotional stuff was just as important as the physical stuff. I tried to do all the physical things till I was blue in the face and I didn't fully heal, right? Like I just kept running on that hamster wheel and I wasn't healing and I was wondering why and why and why. And then I addressed the energetic, the emotional, the subconscious stuff. And that was when I finally started to heal. Surprise, surprise. It was deeper than just food. It was deeper than just supplements. Um, so what I really want to talk about today, what's ringing true is when you've tried everything, when you feel like you've done it all, you've done all the detoxes, you've done subconscious work, you've done nervous system stuff, and you're still stuck, what might be at the root of staying sick? Ooh. And before I even start this podcast, or not even before I even start, right? We've started. <laughs> but before I get into the meat and potatoes, bear with me. I'm probably going to trigger some of you in this podcast. And what I love about triggers, I think they're so incredibly beautiful because they show us where we're unhealed, right? They show us a wound that still needs to be healed for us. So if I trigger you, notice it, sit in it, and think about why, and try to keep listening to this podcast to maybe understand why you're triggered and what you can do about it to heal that wound. Okay, so... If you feel like you've done it all, if you feel like you've done so many detoxes, if you feel like you've done the nervous system stuff, so on and so forth, what might be keeping you sick? And I've talked about this before and I'm going to talk about it again, but the benefits to staying sick, the benefits to not healing. And that's what I get is going to trigger you. That would have triggered me. It did trigger me once upon a time. The benefits to staying sick. And by that, I mean subconscious benefits, right? Because a lot of the times they're not things that you like, right. If you hear what I'm saying, what are the benefits of saying sick? Your knee jerk reaction is there are no benefits. I want to heal. What are you talking about? And I get it. Been there, done that, said that. I've said that to people that said the same thing to me, but I'm just here to give you something to think about, to noodle on, to sit in, to feel into. So some of the benefits of saying sick, I will use my own personal health journey as an example um, one of the main benefits for me was having an excuse to not do things that I didn't want to do. Like many of you out there, I was a perfectionistic type A girly. I was a yes woman. <laughs> I liked to, I was a people pleaser. I wanted to do what other people expected me to do. And I didn't always think about what I actually wanted to do, right? Like if someone was inviting me to a social event, literally, for example, and I didn't want to go. I'd be like, oh, well, they're my friends. I should go. I would should myself. Should, 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 should. And if underneath it all, I really didn't want to go, my body would give me an excuse not to go. I would end up getting ill, not being able to leave the toilet the day before, the day of, whatever the event was. And 
it was really frustrating at one point because I was like, oh my God, I want to do these things. Why am I not able to go? And then I realized that I didn't actually want to do them. I just didn't want to disappoint people. I just didn't want to say no to them. I just didn't want to make them feel like I didn't want to be there when in reality, I didn't want to be there. So for me, part of my healing journey, and I know this is a huge lesson for a lot of people when they heal, was boundaries. For me, it was boundaries. It was really doing what I wanted to do and thinking before I responded to invites and things like that. If I didn't want to go to something, I would honestly say no. <laughs> I do it all the time now. Like I just, I'll, I'll, I can make up some excuse if I want to, right? What matters is that you're not using your health as the excuse because if there is still that underlying benefit to I can't because something about your health, something about your body, your subconscious mind sees that as a benefit and it will keep you in the loop of staying sick because you have that benefit. You have that out always to go to, right? Like I tell people, oh, sorry, I can't, I'll be visiting, whatever. I have plans with someone else, someone they don't know, right? Or I'll just be like, sorry, I can't. You don't always need to explain yourself to other people. And I think that that's something that a lot of us don't think about or we think about later in life. I'm in my late 20s. So it took me a little bit of time to like get into, wow, I really don't have to explain myself to people. I can just not want to go to something. And I think that part of the reason this was such a lesson for my healing journey, if you listen to the first podcast, you know that I started getting sick at like 21, 22. And so all of my friends were still doing all the drinking, the social things, because we were in our early, like no one quits drinking at 22. And I did. <laughs> it's only legally allowed to drink for a year. But there we go. We quit drinking. Um, and so there were a lot of those events that I didn't want to do because it's it had nothing to do with that. I couldn't be around alcohol. It, that wasn't I quit drinking because I didn't. I'm going to do a whole podcast on alcohol, but I quit drinking because I wasn't benefiting me it wasn't that I couldn't be around it. It was just that it was so boring. I realized that I found drinking and drinking events so incredibly boring after a period of time because it's a lot of it wasn't like drinking and dancing and doing something fun that I would have thought was really fun. It's just like drinking, sitting there, talking, walking around. And like when you're a sober one hanging around with a bunch of people that are drinking to get drunk, it's not that fun. It's not to say I don't love my friends. I mean, a lot of those people aren't my friends anymore, but I still love them very much, right? Like there is still love for them, but we just did not have the same idea of what a good time was anymore. So for me, I really had to realize that and just not go to things that I didn't find fun just because it was an opportunity to hang out with my friends. If my friends wanted to hang out with me, they could have asked me to do things that I found fun, right? They could have been like, oh, haven't seen you in a while. Let's meet up. Let's get dinner. What would you like to do since you don't drink anymore, right? That's something that I need to tell people that don't drink anymore because if your loved ones and your friends want to hang out with you, they will. They'll find a way. Just because you're not drinking doesn't mean that you can't still see people in a different social setting. So anyways, for me, the excuse, the benefit was or the benefit was having excuses at my disposal whenever I wanted. My body said no when I didn't. If I didn't want to do something, my body said no. So I had that excuse. So I just had to have boundaries and just start telling people no when I didn't want to go to things, when I didn't want to do things. 
And I think this is a tricky one because I've had clients where this also, the same thing exists, but it's with their family, right? So it can get a little bit stickier with family because I get it. You, a lot of people don't want to just cut their family out of their life, but they're like, I don't want to see them as much. So in that case, we have to reframe for ourselves why we're going so that it's not an immediate no, right? Like, okay, I'm going to see them because my parents are only going to be around for so long and I do love them and I do want to spend time with them or maybe doing it on your own terms versus what they want, right? Like if there's someone in the family that triggers you and you don't want to be around them, then maybe you host the things and you don't invite them or whatever. So it just, it gets a little bit trickier when it is family because I get it. That's like a lot of people think that you can't cut your family out and I'm here to tell you you can if they don't, if they're not good for you, good for your health or anything. But on the flip side, that's not saying you don't see those people ever again. That's saying you either do it on your own terms or you reframe the reason that you're seeing them. It's not, oh, well, I have to go, right? Because if it's, I have to go, your body's going to be like, no, you don't. You don't have to. We're giving you an excuse. Because I've had clients where it's the same thing. They have plans to see their family. And then the day of, they wake up, they're feeling terrible. Their stomach's in knots. They get migraines, something like that. Um, because their body's telling them no. Their body's like, we don't want to do this. This is a perceived threat, right? If it's upsetting to your nervous system, if it's putting you in a fight or flight, it's a perceived threat. Think about it that way too. So if your body sees it as a perceived threat, your body's going to say no. Um, another benefit to staying sick that I know a lot of people have is I don't want to go back to work. I don't want to go back to work or I really enjoy having these shortened work days, right? If you're like, because if you were sick and you took some time off or you reduced your work day to a couple of hours a day, that is a benefit, obviously. So one of the things that has to be done there is, can you figure out a way to still work less and just not be sick? There's nothing wrong with that. Just allow yourself to work less or find something that you like doing, right? Like maybe you don't want to go back to work because you didn't like what you did. Maybe it's time for a career change. A lot of people also have that perceived benefit of I'm taken care of. It is a benefit. I'm taken care of when I'm sick and no one takes care of me. No, no one gives me attention when I'm well. Okay. Well then voice that to people around you and allow them to show up for you in the way that you need to be shown up for. I know this was a benefit in my own health journey too, right? I was a go, 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 do, 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 or very independent person. And I did not receive help very well. So when I was sick, I received help, right? You have no other option. You receive help. Thank you. It's amazing. And I had to allow people in my life to show up for me the way I needed to be shown up for when I was healthy. Surprise, surprise. Also, part of that was shifting relationships for me. My ex mostly only showed up for me when I was sick. Like he he saw those excuses and he understood and he had grace for me when I was sick. But when time passed and he was like, why are you not well anymore? Or if I was just tired from a long work day, he's like, well, I'm tired too, right? And he didn't show up for me in the way that I needed. He didn't allow me the help. So my body really saw the subconscious benefit of staying sick. And my current partner, my fiance, shows up for me no matter what. If I'm just like, eh, I just want to lay on the couch, he'll make dinner, right? Or he'll clean, 
or he'll do the laundry or whatever. That's not to say, I mean, he very much shows up for me when I've had pits of my health, but he also just realizes that, hey, we all need help sometimes, right? Like I do the same for him. If he needs it, I help him out. That's part of being in a reciprocal relationship. But we also had to, I had to vocalize that to him because at one point I was like, I need help. I need help because I just, I can't do it all. And I fancy myself Wonder Woman sometimes. And I like to think I can do it all, but I need help with dishes, whatever this, that, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, okay, perfect, easy, right? Like a lot of times it's just a conversation that you need to have with those around you so that your body can see that you are cared for you receive help whether you're healthy or sick so that it's not a benefit for only being sick. I know that's a good one. Um, another benefit that a lot of people may not realize exists in their life. I've seen this with clients too, is the closeness of relationships because you commiserate on whatever illness if you have made friends through social media, I mean, I love that for you, right? But if you've made th friends because you guys were in something together, you were in a struggle together, that's the sort of struggle energy that keeps you from healing because subconsciously, you don't want to let them go. You don't know if you'll have anything to talk about with them anymore, right? I've had this with clients where their parents both had Lyme and she had Lyme. And I was like, a big thing we're going to have to do is heal this relationship, cut some cords with your parents. That's not saying we're cutting our parents out of our life, but because you need to find other common grounds with them, other things to talk about, right? Because if you don't, you're just going to have more and more things pop up as reasons. Hey mom, this, Hey dad, this, right? Like you don't need to have that in common with them to get along. And if you do, right, those aren't your people. Sorry, not sorry. If you have friends who only get along because you bond over being IBS girlies. Yeah, that's not it. But, and it's the same thing, right? Like if you're in those Facebook groups, I get it at points in time, it might feel comforting to know that you're not alone. Please get out of them. Please get out of them because those sorts of things will keep that group think all of it. They are so negative. Get out of them. They will keep you in a certain mental state and nervous system state. But if you have those relationships in your life where you're only talking about the struggles, it, this is common with money too, right? Where you're always talking about your money problems. You're always talking about this, that, and whatever. Um, part of you subconsciously doesn't want to let them go because you love them and doesn't want to feel like you're better than them. It's a similar thing with healing where, okay, like, am I better than them if I heal and I don't have anything to talk about anymore? Like, okay, either find something else to talk about, stop talking about all your illnesses or find new friends. Sorry. It's a similar thing with even people in your life that don't share illnesses or things like that, right? Like if a core part of your identity is being sick. That is a benefit to staying sick because you don't know who you are without it. So you have to remove the identity piece and stop talking about your health all the time. Find hobbies. And I mean this from a place of love. Like I, I send you this with all the love in the world. Your health is not a part of your identity. Yes, it's a part of your past, 
but it's not a part of who you are. You are so much more than an illness. You are so much more than health. You are so much more than a moldy and endo warrior, whatever it is, right? Like, and the subconscious mind needs to understand that. So like you need to make your life about so much more than that too. You need to add other things in. If you're at a point where you're like, I don't know that I can do as much right now. Okay, well then maybe you do something like very low key, like knitting or listening to audiobooks about, I don't know, about romance audiobooks, right? Like make being a reader part of your identity, make being a knitter part of your identity. You can do, or like you can just be a, someone who loves food, but isn't, I love food because it's what heals me. You just love food. You can be a foodie. You can be a chef. You can be a baker without it coming from a place of you are unhealthy. So you have to do this. The identity piece is a huge thing that holds people back. And so I always say the number one thing, the top thing that you have to do is stop identifying as your illness and know that you can heal. So once you break that identity piece away, I know that I, I didn't, I struggled with this only at points because I am a health practitioner. So it was like, ah, to be a health practitioner, have to have all these issues, but no, you don't like it. I think that's where it happens. It, it happens in the space, in the like social media space, in that comparison space. I've had to um, mute a lot of friends in this space because I love them dearly, but I know that following too many people who do the same thing that I do makes me compare myself. And that's not healthy for my mental health. It's not healthy for my physical health, right? If I see all of these practitioners and they're all having struggles, I'm like, oh my God, I need to have struggles to be a practitioner so that people you know, they can resonate with me. And that's not true because I've had enough health struggles to last someone an entire lifetime. <laughs> so I don't need to create more just to be more relatable. Um, and you also don't need to create issues to be relatable with friends, family, whatever it is, right? Like it's, it's those hidden underlying subconscious benefits that really, really hold us back in our healing. And it's something that most people literally don't even realize. So I only talked about a couple of, of subconscious benefits. I'm sure you can think about a lot more. These are just the ones at the top of my head that I think I see super commonly, right? The financial benefit to staying sick, um, the attention, the excuses to say no relationships. If you can think of a benefit for you staying sick, it exists, right? Like I, I only touched upon a lot of the common ones that I see. So I highly recommend this resonated with you in any way, sitting with it, journaling on it, right? So thinking about, okay, what is the benefit and how can I eliminate the benefit to me only being sick, right? How can I get that benefit all the time so that my body knows that it's safe to heal? Again, for me, I just had to say no to everything. Surprise, surprise. People always tell me I have great boundaries now. And I'm like, yeah, because I literally had to. I had to in order to heal. I It wasn't an option for me, but I'm really grateful for it now, right? I I just, it, it, there was no other alternative. It was either stay sick and deal with all everyone else's junk or heal and have really good boundaries and not deal with everyone else's stuff. So I highly recommend journaling on the benefits to staying sick. If this resonated with you at all, see what comes up and then see how you can counteract that. So if you like this podcast and if you journal, tag me in your journal. I mean, you don't have to obviously share them on social media, right? If you want to block it, block it out, tag me if you want to share it, whatever, whatever. Um, but if you did like this podcast, please, please, please 
um, leave a rating and review. Please subscribe to the podcast. And as you know, if you listen to the first episode, I am doing a giveaway for the first week that this podcast is live. So the giveaway is a little travel kit and a beauty counter holiday set. I haven't decided which one yet. It's going to be a surprise depending on who wins, right? Like I'm just going to feel into the energy and I will be picking the winner on January 10th. So how can you enter this giveaway? You leave a rating and review on iTunes and screenshot it or Apple Podcasts, that's what I meant. You leave a rating review on Apple Podcasts, you screenshot it and you email the screenshot to therootedinhealth at gmail.com. I obviously need that email because otherwise I have no idea how to contact you. If you just leave a rating review, I am so grateful for you, but then I literally don't know how to how to reach out if you win. <laughs> so you need to send me that screenshot via email. Okay. Thank you so much for listening and I will catch you guys in the next episode. Bye.